Um, so I, I got in this this week first with a countdown. I was like, no, All John's right. going to do it. And I don't want, I wanted to do it first. Yeah. Yeah. So he jumped right in there and I had to get really, be really quick and, you know, press my button. And I also, before we got started, I had a little bit of technical difficulties because I got myself a new audio interface, Rob. I, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I purchased the Evo four, which is, you know what? It's pretty good. You know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with it so far. It's, uh, it you know what was wrong with the Elgato Wave XLR? Not much, except that this little box has two XLR inputs. So if I ever have a guest in my home mm-hmm. podcasting with me, which has never happened to be honest, but if I ever have that happen, <laughs> then I'm I'm prepared. Uh, plus, it has the headphone jack on the front, which is the most important part. But it's not a three and a half millimeter jack. It's one of those. A quarter inch jacks that oh, wow. are used for th- things like electric guitars, you know, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Except that I I tore up my office looking for an adapter because I knew I had them, and I tore up my office uh, making to do that. And then I was fiddling around before you and I got on Skype trying to figure out. It has this thing where you like talk into the microphone for like twenty seconds, and it sets the the levels automatically so you don't clip. And I was like, why isn't this working? Then I realized I didn't have the phantom power turned on, so I did that. And then by the time you and I actually got on the phone, I could hear you, but just barely. And the problem was I had the volume turned all the way down to like a one out of 10. So <laughs> I don't know. It's been one of those days, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. This is a really nice bit of equipment, actually. I, I, I think it was uh, connected. They mentioned it first. And I was like, oh, yeah, this looks really nice. I mean, I'm not... I'm not in the market for any more audio equipment, but this is a nice little... It, it looks nice. It looks like a nice quality bit of hardware. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I got it because, as I said, because of the way the headphone jack works and uh, and, and because I, I was really tired of... I, I used the sound device... I've used sound devices equipment for a while, and it's pretty good. And I've used the Tascam, which is that what you have? I think you have that, right? The Tascam, Tascam uh, USB drive. No, thing? no, I don't have that. Oh, I uh, thought you no, did. I have an absolute Rube Goldberg machine of cables and God knows what going into monitors and speakers. I don't know how it works, <laughs> but I just don't oh, touch all right. it. All right, all right. Well, that makes sense. Fair enough. But uh, but yeah, I I I kind of got tired. I, more than anything, I was tired of plugging my headphones into the back of the audio interface, which. Sounds like one of those, you know, very first world problems, and it is, I suppose. But on the other hand, I do do that several times a week for recording various things and then editing. So it it's just nice to be able to yank it out from the front. And then I'm I'm think what I'm going to do is I was telling you I'm going to start unplugging this thing because they these uh, audio interfaces generate more heat than you would expect mm-hmm. and. I live in the South now and I, you know, keeping the heat down in this office is important to me because it can get a little stuffy in here when I turn off the air conditioning and start recording. Yeah. So there's that. Rob, I played a game that wasn't the best game in the world and I did it. I did it for work. Samba de Amigo. Party to go. Party to go. And you know why it's to go? (laughs) Because it's on the, it's available on the iPhone and the iPad. It's on Apple Arcade. Sure. It's on the Mac, it's on the Apple TV, it's on the iPad and the iPhone. And I would say it's a mixed bag. It's, you know, it's one of those typical rhythm games where you're mm-hmm. trying to tap 
or use a controller to time, you know, various inputs with the music as something on the screen shows you where you're supposed to tap. And that is, can be fun. It's got 40 songs. They're all like, it's a wide range of music. Everything's stretching back to Karma Chameleon by Culture Club to, you know, the latest, the latest hits, I guess. And supposedly they're going to be, there's going to be more, uh, more songs added, more features and all that stuff. I found the experience of playing a rhythm game with my fingers not super satisfying because you really have to use two hands and on an iPad, that means putting the iPad flat on a table and hunching over it, which is kind of uncomfortable. And, and with a phone, I have the big phone, you know, the Pro Max, and that was a little awkward too because you have to be pretty quick and nimble, so that was a little awkward. And on the phone, it doesn't work with controllers, so I, I tried plugging in my Backbone One and my Razer Kishi, and neither of those worked. Um, so, but it was fine using a controller on the on the Apple TV. That was actually pretty good because I got the Xbox controller, and the way you kind of tap out the rhythm is with the thumbsticks. By you know, it's it's a circle with six dots, and so basically you're moving the thumbsticks thumbsticks kind of into the corners and straight out in rhythm to the music in various patterns and. It's fine. I mean, I'm not a huge... It's not that it's a terrible game. I'm not a huge fan of rhythm games to begin with. And this one, I think, as I was telling you, I think it it's telling that this game is out on Apple Arcade, Switch, and later this year on the MetaQuest, which is not exactly the uh, the top tier <laughs> in not. terms of, of consoles and stuff. So I, I felt yeah. like if you told me that that was the... Uh, the places that this game was coming out, even without telling me what the game was, I'd be like, okay, yeah, it's not a game for me. Uh, like I already <laughs> right. kind of know that, like, if we're not at least getting it on you know, Steam or you know some equivalent or or right, PS5 right. or Xbox, I just it's not for me. And um, it came out on a Tuesday. I mean, mm-hmm. what's with that? What what games come out on a Tuesday? Not the big games, that's for sure. No, no. Maybe they were. <laughs> maybe they're hoping it was a slow news day, and we could uh, we could get maybe. some more press for it. Maybe, but you know, I mean, it, it does. It is a game that has like quite a history because it started as an arcade game and a Dreamcast game, and in the arcade and on the Dreamcast, there were special controllers that were maracas Ooh. because Samba de Amigo, at least its its origin story was with Latin music. And there's some Latin music in this version too, mm-hmm. although it's much broader than that nowadays. But now, you know, you don't have, you've, you've turned in your maracas for a keyboard on the Mac, your fingers on iOS and iPadOS and a controller on the TV. And it's, I mean, I can't say that I played Samba de Amigo when there were red Maraca controllers, but I got to think that that was probably a little bit more fun than than doing it with uh, these other input methods. But it, you know, this is what Sega's doing instead of making a new Jet Set Radio. Like, I'm not I'm not happy about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, Sega's a real mixed bag in 2023, but. But yeah, I, I think they've said that they're doing Jet Set Radio, didn't they? No, there's a, there's a game that has just come out. I can't remember yes. what it's called. It's like I don't know, upside flip side cyberpunk or something. I don't know what yeah, it's called. Yeah, I know. I was just listening to Into the Aether about this. <laughs> yeah, d- did we ago. talk about it last week? I can't hear, or last episode. I can't remember. But I don't um, think so. No, I don't know. Either way, uh, I don't think I'm going to be checking this out anytime soon. <laughs> 
No, it's fine. I mean, you know, and it's like now I got to delete a 1.2 gigabyte game off my Mac. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I was, you know, I was installing this everywhere because I, you know, I'm a I'm a good tester. I was I wanted to make sure I could tell the people what it was like on everything, and now I know and. You know, that I feel like I wasted my life. Although yesterday, <laughs> yesterday was kind of a, a nice mellow afternoon because I was testing out the Icon Factory's um, arcade game too called like Ollie's Arcade, which, you know, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, got, that just came out like a few hours ago, right? Yeah, it did. I mean, they've got a, a version of basically Ollie as the Flappy Bird. Mm-hmm. And then for $2 each, you can you can get a modern version of Snake. Well, it's not really a modern version. It's very retro. Mm-hmm. You, can play, you can play Snake uh, like you used to on your Nokia phone. Or you can play Lunar Landing, which is even older. Right, uh, yeah. Uh, so those are the two games they have in addition, which I guess were like Easter eggs in Tweetbot back in the day. Yep. You could you could find them in there somehow. So. Uh, Twitter ethic, not Tweetbot. We don't want to get them. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> don't email us. Yeah. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I get them all mixed up. They're all the same to me. Twitter, Twitter, what's that? It's it's all X now. That's it, yeah. That's, uh... Xbot and Xerific. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you know, I haven't even thought about that stupid website until you just mentioned it. No, yeah, I haven't really either. There was something that I read about recently that I thought was really funny about it, but I don't know. I mean, you keep hearing the news every now and then about what's going on over there, and it's kind of it's it's kind of ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I well, don't know. so like we, I think if you if you listen to a few sort of podcasts, you're probably going to hear about this a lot, but. Yeah, September is is relays. Well, it's, it's Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and Relay are doing. I think this is their fifth year. They're doing their campaign for raising money. Yes, it is. Um, and this year, I was actually organised, and I'm doing my own. I don't know what they call it, like a sub campaign, where you can sort of keep track of who's donated to my campaign, which then goes through to theirs. Um, so I, I set that up uh, yesterday with. A goal to watch a terrible movie that I really don't want to watch, which is called Super Fast. Um, this is a Fast and Furious parody movie. Um, oh, okay. I've never heard of it. No, neither had I until a few weeks ago. Um, it, it, I think it's made by the same people that make that like like disaster movie, and um, I think there's one called like The Hungry Games. Like, there's a whole bunch of these like <laughs> oh. terrible parody movies. Uh, and I set my goal at one hundred and fifty dollars, and if I hit that. I will sit through all 99 minutes of this movie. Oh, you've already hit that, haven't you? Yes, because Adam, <laughs> it's very generous, Adam of OMG.LOL, decided he would just give me $250 straight up um, all at once. So, um, it's not even September yet. Um, that's true. That's but, true. Uh, no, that's great. Yeah, and um, and he's donating uh, 50% of profits in September to the to the campaign as well, which is really nice. nice. So, um, but you know, anyone listening, if you'd like to donate, please do it to mine. Cause you know, and it's, otherwise it's all just Adam giving me money. And I'd rather at least get a few <laughs> more people doing it. <laughs> well, see this way relay can, can leverage the influencer status of, of, of Rob. So there you go. Yeah. Right, so they got, uh, they got Rob in their corner, Rob Knight in their corner. So yeah, well, we'll, we'll put a link in the, uh, in the show notes anyway. And, and do you know what? It's not, technically uh-huh. launched yet but i will mention it because i was messing around with this earlier um so i've made a thing where you can embed 
your campaign in your website just with like a little bit of javascript oh nice and i came up with the best name because it's september it? so it's called september because you're embedding oh, there it. you go I, even Very as I, good. even as i wrote it i kind of hated myself a bit I was like no this is what i'm calling it now yeah <laughs> that's very good that's very good that's like automation april exactly when we actually announce the winners in may because <laughs> it's too much work to get all of them all of them uh reviewed by the end of the month wow all right well that's great well check out rob you will put a link in the show notes check mm-hmm. out rob's campaign and and get rob some credit you know do your donation through him because it all goes through to relay anyway. And why not? Why not donate through Rob? Exactly. You know, we 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 don't ask for money. We don't have sponsors. We don't have ads for you. All you get is just pure the pure content here. <laughs> pure pure fun. And once a year, we say you should give some money to our friends at Relay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good idea. And I wrote an article about it on Max Stories as I have in the past. So that. That is there too, but I would say I should sneak a link to Rob's campaign on the Max Stories story now that I'm thinking about it. Switch that around and and just funnel all that traffic to Rob. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what else do you got going on? I've got like, I've been having like, I've been having the experimentation itch, Rob, and I don't, I can't tell if it's, if it's because the summer is so slow and I'm so relaxed about my Mac OS review because it's just not going to be as bad this year. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm just plain out procrastinating. I think it's probably both, really. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and then we're thinking, like, what's it going to be? Like a three, four weeks, something like that, before it's out, maybe? Or are we thinking it's going to be hit October, maybe? I'm starting to think more October now, but mm-hmm. I was originally, the reason I've been working on it, uh, partly because I've got a lot personal stuff going on in September, but I figured it would actually come out with iOS and there's a possibility it will. I think I'd be ready if I had to, I'd be ready with it. I mean, I've got the big sections done already, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I think it'll probably be October at the end of the day. You know, hopefully I won't have to eat those words, but I've been, well, first of all, I've been buying gadgets, which is always fun to fiddle around with. And I've been digging in obsidian again. Oh, have you? Yes, I, I've never got, I've never, I mean, I use Subsidian every day, but mm-hmm. I very consciously stay away from the Obsidian scene. Yeah. Be, because I think it's a little, I don't know, it's a little overboard at times. And there are a lot, of, you can get really deep into some really complex plugins that uh, maybe, you know, they're just, they're maybe a little too much. Mm-hmm. But I, but I am pretty happy now. I think the core app has come along far enough now and some of these plugins have evolved enough that it, they're worth taking another look at because there's a whole now, there's this whole feature called properties, which is really just a friendly UI for the YAML front matter. But what's nice about it is it's kind of idiot proof because if you add, enter your properties to the property UI, you know, you, you don't, you can't have like malformed YAML that way. It just, it just works. It sets up the, the front matter automatically for you. And then you can use that, you know, those, those key and value pairs to create what is essentially a text-based uh, database. Mm-hmm. So I am, I have, I, I got back into Notion at the beginning of the year, which I should have known better. I really should. I should, I should just like check myself at the door every time I check out Notion because Notion's <laughs> really good at some stuff, but it's not really good at many things that I need 
You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, because I realize that my world is 99% text-based and it's really a good, and Notion's a really good database, but it's really not a good text editor. And I don't like block-based editing, which is really what it comes down to. Yeah. And I find, and I find it hard to get text out of Notion. And one of the things I do a lot of is moving text around to various places. And so that's why I'm going back. And I am going to incorporate some database type features into Obsidian because I do have a need for some of that, but I just don't have a very great need for that kind of thing. No, that makes sense. I think me and you are very similar. Uh, but you know, we've been doing this for eight years or whatever now. Yeah. Um, and I think me and you are very similar in that we kind of just want the simplest format, which ultimately is text files. Um, yep. And if we can get a little bit of niceness over the top of it, then that's great. Um, but th- this is, I don't know, you know, I've tried Notion, I've tried Craft, I've tried a bunch of other stuff yep. just for my Same here. And, and, and Obsidian's the only one that clicks with me because it is, it's just Markdown, it's just text files. Like I can mostly do anything that I, that I need to do without any yeah. of the plugins. Um, I will say, if like anyone's listening and they're like, oh, maybe I want to try Obsidian and you've been on YouTube before and you've watched some videos and you feel completely overwhelmed. Um, Matt Birchler has a, has a really good video where he doesn't go overboard with the plugins. He has just like a nice introduction. Here's a few plugins you might find useful, but it's, it's more of an introduction than it is. Here's the 10,000 plugins you need to like use Obsidian to run your house. Right, right. No, that's good to know. That's good to know. I do think it's very easy to go overboard with Obsidian and try to do things that are like just not necessary. And and what I find a lot of people do, and this goes for not just like a text editor or a note-taking app like Obsidian, but it goes for Notion, it goes for DevonThink, it goes for Keep It, it goes for anything where you store that's very flexible and can store lots of different kinds of things. People create way overcomplicated systems for themselves because they can, not because they need it. And then you spend all this time maintaining the system and curating the metadata. And, you know, people at Obsidian, it's like they have whole plugins that are designed just to find the notes that aren't linked to other notes because some (laughs) people are so obsessive about linking their thinking and making sure every that, you know, that's how how they talk about their PKMs. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And and they're so obsessive about it that they want to know if they have an orphaned note in there. And if you look at mine, 99% of them aren't linked to any other note. I mean, I just don't do that. But it for me, it's more of a text center than it is some kind of elaborate system. But I do have an, some needs, some relatively simple database needs. So I'm definitely going to look into that a little bit more and do some other things. I think... Um, yeah, I think it is, to me, with with Obsidian, there is just enough flexibility that you can make it really anything you want. It just requires a little bit of time and effort. And I think that, that video that you mentioned is a good one. Um, another good YouTuber is From Sergio is the name of the channel. Pretty good Spanish guy, I think, who does a bunch of videos on Obsidian. They range from very simple ones like learning about Markdown and YAML and what all those things are to more complex ones for creating databases and such. Um, And here's a preview. Uh, David Sparks has a course coming out tomorrow. 
that is really a starting from scratch type of course for people who haven't ever used it before. So there, you know, he goes through all the basics and some of the popular plugins and stuff like that. Excellent. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I think I've watched some of this uh, this Sergio guy's videos actually. Um, yeah, he's quite good. He's quite good. I've, I, I mean, I think that because he he goes very fast, which I th- I kind of appreciate because you can always kind of back up and rewatch sections, but. Uh, I think he does a nice job of kind of mixing it up between simple stuff and a little bit more advanced. So, I mean, and it doesn't get too deep into the, you know, kind of the, I would, I think I was going to say that Obsidian is cultish. It's, that's, that's Mm -hmm. overstating it a little bit, but, but, you know, even Obsidian has something that I most, if you have an app, if you make an app and you put on your website that you have a manifesto, I tend to walk the other way because I just from experience have found that those kind of apps tend to be a little bit much in terms of in terms of being an opinionated app, mm-hmm. and, it, and it 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 does it does not it does not it rubs me the wrong way when when some company has a manifesto and Obsidian does, and I I don't like that, but uh, but I do actually um, pretty much align with most of the way they approach software the the idea of having local copies of things and having kind of very very transparent easy to use plain text files and all that kind of stuff but um but yeah you can notion is a <laughs> notion's a deep rabbit hole really is when it comes down to and a lot of people don't like that i guess that it's built on web technologies but that's actually in a lot of ways what makes it so powerful oh absolutely yeah i mean that makes it way easier for people to build plugins because there's way more people that know JavaScript and, and just general right. web tools um, than there is, you know, if it was native iOS or, or uh, whatever Android runs on Java, I guess, like that is what makes it way better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is too, I mean, it's both a strength and it's a curse in the sense that somebody could make a really malicious Obsidian plugin and just like swipe all your data very easily because they have access to uh, plugins just have unlimited access from what I understand from talking to developers. And that's why they have a community plugin system where they get, a, they get kind of checked over and approved by the obsidian team, because I don't know. I mean, I have installed plugins that weren't an official obsidian community plugin, but you do have to be kind of careful with that stuff. Oh yeah, Definitely. Definitely. You know, when someone, you know, when someone running some random JavaScript on your <laughs> Mac. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. So, but it's, uh, you know, it's fun stuff. But, uh, so I'm digging back in. I was, I've been watching Sergio a lot. Yeah. <laughs> in the, in the evenings. Yeah. Like I say, I think I've come across a couple of his videos and, and you're out, that was a really good recommendation as well. So we'll make sure all of that's in the show notes. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, good. Cool. I think probably wrap it up for this week. Sounds good. All right, and we'll speak to you in a couple of weeks, I guess. All right, I will. Before you know it, we'll have iPhones to talk about, Rob. So, oh, yeah. uh, get your, get yourself ready. Oh yes, I'm I'm <laughs> so ready. <laughs> All right, all right. I'll talk to you later. Speak to you later.